You're listening to a podcast of the Sunday morning message from Grace Christian Church in the city of Cork on the beautiful south coast of Ireland. We hope and pray that it will be a blessing to you. So Father, we come to your word this morning and we pray, oh God, that you would help us. Help us to hear you. Help us, oh God, open our hearts, we turn to you and we pray, oh God, that you would take your, your pencil and write on each of our hearts this morning. Cause us to hear you, O God. Amen. Cause us to hear you, we pray. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Let's see how this clicker works. Switch it on at the top. Switch it on at the top. Here we go. I'm just going to get the clicker right before we go anywhere. Is that okay? Sorry, Ben. I should have asked you that. Great. Good morning. Are we awake? Yes. Great stuff. 91 sleeps to Christmas. That's where we're going. 91 sleeps to Christmas. Not long now until the advent calendars in Little and Aldi start coming out. Do you know those ones? And, and the, the doors start opening and the chocolates inside. I'm looking forward to that, i got to tell you. Advent is this, the period, the season of preparation for the coming of Jesus Christ. Isn't that fabulous? And all with our little ones that we're going to be faithful with, we'll be opening the doors and we'll be telling the story of Jesus, of how he came to save his people from our sins. Isn't that fabulous news? If that doesn't excite you, you've got to meet Christ in, in a new and a fresh way. And every time we open the door, on the expensive ones from Marks and Spencers, if Brexit will allow them in. We, we open the door, there's a surprise behind the door. Oh, the 15th, look at that, I didn't expect that. Wow. <laughs> and you really know when you're getting near to Christmas, when you hear Frank Kelly on the radio. Some of you who aren't Irish, you won't know Frank Kelly, but you're about to get to know Frank Kelly coming up to Christmas, when he says the, the 12 days of Christmas and it talks about the mayhem of the run-up to the Christmas, the panic for everything that's happening. And we just quote, I sit here up to my neck in birds' droppings, empty whiskey and Valium bottles, birds' blood and feathers, while the flaming cows eat the leaves of the pear, pear tree. I'm a broken man. And that's what it's like coming up to Christmas sometimes with the preparation. Some of you are more sanitized and will be listening to Frank Sinatra. There you go. But the Bible, of course, the Bible prepared for Jesus coming. We see he prophesied about Jesus coming even 700 years before he came. And you know this scripture very well. Written 700 years before Jesus came. Far to us. A child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called, he will be called Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God. Everlasting Father. Prince of Peace. Some more preparations we can see in, in Jeremiah. We can see uh, so many prophecies of Jesus. So many prophecies of Jesus 
coming. And we see at the end of this one, uh, he will be called the Lord or righteousness. When Ireland wants to borrow money on the international markets, it says the EU is our credit rating. Thank God for them at times. But I need to tell you, when you stand before a holy God, the Lord himself is our righteousness. Not how bad you've been, not how much you struggle, no matter what you do, we wear a robe, a dressing gown, of righteousness and that's God's gift to us at Christmas in Isaiah 14 sorry 714 we see therefore the Lord will give you a sign the virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel God is with us there are some people and they say, oh God, I need your presence, I need your presence, I need your presence. You've got his presence. Amen. Whether you feel his presence or you don't feel his presence, Emmanuel has come to his people. Isn't that beautiful? That's really, really good news. And there's loads of scriptures right through the Bible before Jesus coming, foretelling of the first advent of Jesus Christ the first coming of Jesus Christ and we see in the good news of the gospel for God so loved the world he gave his one and only son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life or eternal news that's great news that you won't perish but have everlasting life that's great news for us but it was bad news for Jesus it's great news for us but it was a terrible day for him at the crucifixion it was a great and terrible day and this is what we see in scripture all the time. It's, it's like a dichotomy in scripture where you see the good and the bad coming together. On the cross, we see the judgment of God falling on Jesus Christ. Isaiah chapter 53, 10 says, It was the Lord's will to crush him and to cause him to suffer. That's a terrible day. In John chapter 15, we see that greater love has no man than this, but that he would lay down his life for his friends. He who knew no sin became sin for us, that we might, that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. Terrible for him, but great for us. Amen? Amen. I see the value of the cross. And some say, you know, the God, God of the Old Testament, he doesn't exist anymore. You've got to read Revelations for 10 minutes. 
You've got to read about Ananias and Sapphira in Acts chapter 5. You've you got to see the warning before the Lord's tab table on 1 Corinthians 11. Woo! And the prophet Habakkuk, who we're going to look at in a few moments, he's in an awful dilemma. He's in a terrible season. And he's living in a country that's falling apart. The society is unraveling. What was once called evil in his society is now called good. And what used to be called good is now evil. And he cries out to the Lord. How long must I call for help? Violence is everywhere. But you don't listen. Why must I watch the misery? You see, in his society, peace has lifted. Law and order has collapsed. It's like Cork City on a Saturday night. <laughs> but you know there was a time, Michael, when we would go to church here, or in places in the city centre, we could walk home at one o'clock in the morning on our own. And I'd even go to, through Balifahan on the way to Bishopstown. You're a brave man, right? <laughs> it was safe to do it, but you wouldn't do it now. And he's wondering. And maybe some of you here, it's no joke for you. Because this literally is your prayer every night. Where you live, maybe where your family is, where you work, or maybe just inside in your head, wondering, what the heck is going on? The boundaries are broken and violated. Peace is a thing of the past. And there's a feeling of powerlessness. And you can only sit and watch. In verse 3, it says, whenever I look, streets on Facebook or on the news I'm surrounded by people who love to fight the law has become paralyzed and there's no justice in the courts how many times have you watched the news and you've heard of a judgment on something and you go what the heck he got away with that and God answers the prophet. And he says, Look at the nations and watch. And we can look at the nations more than any society that has ever been. Look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed. For I'm going to do something in your days that you would not believe even if you were told. Imagine if someone stood here in New Year's Eve 2019 and prophesied. <laughs> Verily I prophesy unto thee and I forecast a pestilence that will circle the earth. It will kill three million people. Most of the earth's population will be ordered by the government to stay at home. All churches will be closed. Most shops 
non-essential travel. You shall have to stay within five kilometers of your home. And there'll be a running toilet roll. Yeah. <laughs> you would stand and say, that guy's a nutter. I don't believe that, even though you're telling me. I don't believe it. But the reality is, we have seen via television and YouTube and have looked at the nations of the world and we have been utterly amazed. Is that true? The prophet had something to say in Habakkuk, Habakkuk. And he said, pestilence marches before him, plague follows close behind him. Now I gotta be honest, I had to look up the word pestilence. I mean, I kinda know what it is, but. Pestilence, a deadly, overwhelming disease that affects the community. Do we know what that's like? Pestilence marches before him and plague a disastrous and evil affliction. Read Habakkuk when you go home. You may ask just like the prophet, what the heck is going on? Was it in anger, Lord, that you struck the rivers? It's referring to the Nile with the plagues. Was it in anger, Lord, that you parted the sea? Were you displeased with them? And God's response via the prophet, no, you are sending your chariots of salvation. There's a lot of conspiracy about the judgment of God and some of it might be right, but it's not the whole story because when you see the dichotomy on the cross, when you see the dichotomy of scripture, when those terrible pestilences come, Jesus is on his way to rescue his people. Isn't that great news? Hallelujah. And that's purpose. He went out in the middle of this whole chaos. He went out to rescue your chosen people and to save your anointed ones. How many people have become Christians during the lockdown? I'm counseling a guy up in Dublin and God arrived to him in the middle of his flat and, and reduced him. In his, in, in, in his mercy and drew him to him. That's incredible. He went out to rescue his chosen people to save your anointed ones. You crushed the head of the wicked, referring to the promise in Genesis, and stripped their bones from head to toe. That's big stuff. And the point is here, for believers because we got to wake up all things work together Amen. for good Amen. for those who love God and are called according to his purpose amen, amen. amen. I don't think that's loud enough amen. Amen. amen and verse 16 can't remember if I have verse 16 no <laughs> verse 16 the prophet, a godly man, a man with faith. He said, I trembled. And maybe you've been trembling over the last 15, 16 months. 
He said, I've trembled inside when I heard this and my lips quivered with fear and my legs gave way beneath me and I shook with terror. You know there's a mental health tsunami covering the globe. Speaking to a GP recently and he was saying he's prescribing more anti-anxieties than ever before. People are afraid. Godly people are afraid. And the prophet isn't a fortune teller. He's forth telling what God is saying to his people. Do you want to hear what God is saying to you? And what he's saying is the dichotomy. And the prophet was there and he said, In wrath, remember mercy. As, as things I don't even understand. I mean, you don't have to even go into God's motivation. We know his motivation to rescue his people. But in the middle of all this chaos with jobs coming and going, health coming and going, Lord, remember me. And he says, I'm coming to get you. I'm coming to rescue you. What is God doing? He's coming back. Jesus is coming again. The second Advent calendar has been opened. And the Bible prophesied, Jesus himself prophesied this second Advent. Advent. He said in, in Luke 21, 10, he said, Nations will rise against nations and kingdoms against kingdoms. There will be earthquakes and famines and pestilences in various places. Along with fearful sights and great signs in the heavens. And he goes on. And he goes on. Look at it yourself. And then he says in verse 28. When you see these things. Stand up. And lift your head. Because. Your redemption. Is drawing near. Hallelujah. Amen. The advent calendar of the second coming is opening. The great and terrible day of the Lord is on the horizon. Great if you know Jesus as your Savior and Lord. Terrible if you don't. But he is coming to rescue his chosen people. And inside in Habakkuk, one of the verses that changed all of Europe a few hundred years ago. The just shall live by faith. Or another way of looking at that verse, and it's a correct way as well, it's a dichotomy. The just shall live by the faithfulness of God. Is that good news? So if you're a Christian today, you got to stand up. You got to lift up your head. Even though the fig tree does not blossom. Even though the nation is kind of shaking. Even though the church 
kind of shaking. Even though the fig tree has no blossom. Even if you don't see the hope of something coming. And there be no grapes in the vine. There's no joy sometimes. And even though the olive tree fails, more friction. And the fields lie empty and barren. In other words, there's no prospect of deliverance or sustenance. Even though the flocks die in the fields. For farmers, that's a terrifying sight. For you, when there's no turkeys in Tesco. And the cattle barns are empty. Are the petrol stations have no petrol? Are those no euros in the ATM? Are your investments aren't bringing a return? Yet, yet, I will rejoice. Now the prophet is shaking. That's where he's at. His legs are going down. Yet, I will rejoice in. My investment in the Lord. I will be joyful in God, my salvation. Because He is my hope. He is my healing. He is my provision. And He is my sustainer. Is that true for you? Because we got to go there. And it's like the, the airlift in Afghanistan. Can, can you imagine? Can you imagine when the, the planes were lifting out? When the plane was lifting out and the families were inside and they were shaking and they were trembling and they'd run across town and run whatever circumstances they had to go through. And then the pilot comes on, on, the, on the buzzer and he says, uh, Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. We're uh, flying US Air Force 747. Uh, we're flying at 33,000 feet, 500 miles an hour, and we have just left Afghan airport. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How much more faithful is your God? Amen. 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 We sang it this morning. Hell lost another one. I'm free. I'm free. Verse 19. The sovereign Lord is my strength. That's not future tense. That's today tense. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes me sure-footed. As a deer to tread on the heights. The prophet is trembling. But the prophet realized, and this is his message to us. You gotta lift your horizon. You gotta lift your horizon. You gotta lift up your head. You gotta stand up, Michael. You gotta, you gotta lift up your you gotta lift up your head. You gotta lift your horizon. Because you've got He's a great shepherd. Mercy triumphs over just judgment. Isn't that great news? 
I believe I have a prophetic word for someone this morning in the midst of your anxieties. The destroyer isn't Lord. Jesus Christ is Lord. And you may say, Brian, I've got weak faith. I've got weak faith. Faith is faith. Even a little bit moves mountains. You're really not being asked to move a mountain. Well, I, I doubt it. But it's, start, it's time to start using what you have. He says, I will rejoice in the Lord. Not just God. I'll rejoice in the one who's the commander of all things. I will be joyful in the God of my salvation because beyond circumstances, he will surprise me with his faithfulness. Imagine when it's all going down the pan and Jesus comes. That is the testimony of Christians. Charles knows that, wherever he is. <laughs> Charles, you know that, don't you? Amen, brother. We need to see a God of miracles. But you don't need a miracle unless you're in a crisis. The Ulster Bank is my strength. Sorry. The Sovereign Lord is my strength. Christ in you is your hope. He makes me. He makes your feet. He makes me sure-footed as a deer. Able to tread on the heights. Whatever challenges are in front of your life, you can do this. Maybe you're not a Christian. Maybe you're here this morning thinking, well, I need to tell you, there's room on the airplane for you. And Jesus didn't come to condemn he came to save. But just like the Afghans, you got to leave everything. Your independent life, your own way of doing things. You got to call on God in these crazy times and cry out for mercy. You can come to Jesus right now because he is the door to the aircraft. In the midst of the calamity, there is hope. In the midst of whatever you're going through, for the people of God, there is always hope. Even when there isn't hope, there is always hope. And the command in Luke I'm going to give to you now, you don't have to, don't pay me, you'll do whatever you like. But I invite you to stand up. Do you want to stand up? And I don't know, you could be like me with very focal glasses when I go up the stairs, I have to look like what I'm doing. But maybe because of your circumstances, you've just been looking down all the time. I want us to lift our heads. I want you to look away from me and look to the ceiling and start lifting your horizon to the Lord. I want you to stand up in your spirit and stand up in faith and say to yourself and say to the Lord, I can do this. You're going to twist my feet so I can walk up this wall. You're going to give me the strength that rose Jesus from the dead. But you have a plan and I'm going to accomplish it. 
and I'm going to walk in faith and not fear. If that's you this morning, why don't you just raise your hand if you think that that this speaks to you this morning, because I know it's challenging. You're going to take on the challenge and say, yes, I'm going to go for it. Father, I pray for everyone that's standing up in their spirit and lifting their heads to the ceiling. Father, we declare our hope is not in the Ulster Bank. Our hope is not in the EU. Our hope is not in our society. Oh, we thank you for all those things you provided. But our hope is rock solid built on Jesus Christ. And we will be living by your faithfulness. By depending on your faithfulness. And we will be able to look back at the end of our days and say, You have been faithful to me. We will rejoice. We will be joyful. That is us, O oh Lord. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.